Welcome to Enchenio and Strength Podcast. This is a podcast to help new and aspiring entrepreneurs get your business off the ground with simple, easy, and effective mindset and business strategies. I am your host, Maria C. Krause. I love music and I'm fully aware that I can't sing, but I do it anyways. It's the little things in life that spark my soul. I'm fascinated with the deep blue of the sky, the stars, and the moon, and I also love ice cream, tons of it. In this podcast, I bring special guests from all over the world, from different backgrounds and niches of expertise, who share their unique story and their most valuable tools, tips, and strategies to help you become more successful in all areas of your life. We cover everything from branding, mindset tools, Facebook ads, how to start a podcast, how to build a Facebook group, you name it. We're here to help you and empower you to build a life and business you always dreamed of. Enjoy this week's episode. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Unchenio and Strength Podcast. For today, we have a very special guest. Her name is uh, Dr. Debbie Silver. Hi, Debbie. How are you? Great. Looking forward to our conversation. Oh, me too. Oh my God, we started talking before we start recording. And I'm like, ah, oh, I got so many things to ask her. <laughs> so, Debbie, <laughs> before I get started, this is um, this is a very different topic of what I usually bring in this podcast. But it's just you all know uh, this the season has shifted so much and more into mindset, into self-love, into self-care. And I thought this is a very, very, uh, although it's a very particular topic, I think it's very important of what we go through as entrepreneurs, as human beings. Um, Debbie, uh, this um, she's a post-betrayal transformation. That's your study. And I don't know how to, I, that's how I was like, I'll leave it to you now to explain a little bit more and tell us uh, who you are so everybody can get to know you. Sure. So I'm the founder and CEO of the PBT, which stands for Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. And, and I study betrayal. And you don't study betrayal because you want to. You study betrayal because you have to. It's my 30th year in business. Uh, I've been in health mindset, personal development forever. And then it was my own traumas. First, it was, it was a betrayal from my family. And then a few years later, my husband. And um you know, anybody who's been through it, you're shocked, you're blindsided, you're devastated, you're in so much pain, it's it's awful. So I got him out of the house and I was like, okay, I had four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. Wow. And I was like, what's common to both of those betrayals? And I realized that like I never I never was on my own to-do list. It was always about everybody else. I never mm-hmm. took my own needs seriously. And you know, as an entrepreneur, you're working so hard and every spare minute is taken up with something. And I was like, no, I, something has to change. So I enrolled in a PhD program in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was changing. I didn't quite understand it. He was too on his own out of the house, uh, which was fine. Wasn't ready to look at that. Um, But then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my business, my health, my lifestyle, my life. Wow. You said you started this about a year ago. said this is less than a year ago. So this is just, it's very fresh, isn't Debbie, as in the betrayal and and you going into this um, path in your business? Well, the, the PBT Institute is less than a year old. So the betrayal happened, it was five years ago. And immediately I jumped into that uh, PhD program, but I dove in so fully. So everything that, you know, that, that people are seeing now 
everything within the PBT Institute, our programs, the certification programs, we certify coaches and practitioners, you know, to, to move people through betrayal, the two TEDx talks, the, the, the books, um, trust again, my latest book. I mean, everything, the podcast from betrayal to breakthrough is all within a very short period of time, because what, when you, when you land on what you're here to do, mm-hmm. it just has a life of its own. It does, right? It doesn't feel like work anymore. It's like you just like your ideas just keeps popping from everywhere. You're like, oh, I'm going to do that and that and that and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, which is the entrepreneurial blessing and curse at the same yeah. time. You know, you get, <laughs> you get that idea and they're like, oh, and, and you have to do it. And then you have to do it right then, right now. Um, yeah. And it just takes, it takes over. And it, it just takes on that life of its own. It and that's exactly what happened. It, you know, once once these three discoveries happened, y- you can't just go back to doing what you were doing. I was like, how do, how do we now know these things that we didn't know? And I'm supposed to go back to my old work. It, it just didn't make sense. Uh, so one of the discoveries was that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, if we're going to heal, we're going to move through five now proven predictable stages. And we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So one of the first things I did was I I took those five stages and I put them into a program so people can on their own move through the stages, and which was so exciting. And that blew up. And I was like, oh, this is exciting, but how do I leverage now? How do I leverage me? So we then we came up with the certification program. So the, the coaches and practitioners they could be uh, certified in moving people through the five stages. And then that took off and I started certifying all these coaches and practitioners. And then I saw that the wrong support does more harm than good. And with the right support, you can, you can heal. The wrong support keeps you stuck. So I thought, I was like, well, what would happen if we take what the research proved we need, if we get all the coaches who were certified, if we put the programs, we did everything, we put it all under one roof, that's the PBT Institute. Well, congratulations. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Now I want to hear uh-huh. all about the stages. Well, especially, we get this a lot of, you know, and it has happened to me personally that you hire a coach, you start your business, you hire somebody, uh, that person, you don't get what you were supposed to, you know, what mm-hmm. they're promising to deliver. And you feel that betrayal. That's what I said. It is a very particular uh, topic, you know, and, and I said it to Debbie when we started. It was like it's something that really fits because in one way or another one, we all felt that either in business in our personal life or anything, if you know, as mm-hmm. I said, if you started in business as well, you might have felt that when you did a bad investment or maybe when you did a collaboration with somebody and there was not a two way street there and you felt like, Oh my God, is this what is happening? Why is it happening when I'm trying to do my best when I'm trying to serve and help and I'm getting this feedback, yeah. I'm getting this response from other people. And, and you take it personal. You, you said it, Debbie, that the betrayal is something that you carry in there. Like, it's just, it's very hard to shake. Oh, yeah. Well, you know why? And and that's exactly right. Because with originally, I was studying something called uh, post-traumatic growth, betrayal and post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth is if you can imagine like an upside of trauma, how trauma, death of loved one, disease, whatever it is, leaves you with a new insight, awareness, perspective that you didn't have. Like maybe you lose someone you love and you realize, you know what, life is short and you and then you live differently, whatever it is. 
but I had been through death of a loved one and I had been through disease. And I was like, "Mm -mm, betrayal feels different. There's something different about it, but I didn't want to assume. So I asked all my study participants and I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Every one of them said it is so different and it's so different because it feels so intentional. So we take it so personally. Mm -hmm. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, confidence, worthiness, belonging, trust. Those are huge. So it didn't fit to call it post-traumatic growth. It's post-traumatic growth plus rebuilding the self equals, I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. So post-betrayal transformation is the complete and total rebuild after you've healed from an experience of betrayal. When you've gone through all five stages, you are at that place of post-betrayal transformation. And if you present this one to someone, they'll be like, they wouldn't tell you that, that they feel like that's too much. I mean, well, you know, that, I mean, for somebody who is just like wants to, but it's just getting started, it just feels like it's a lot of work. And you- most people, most people, and I see this, there are the five stages of betrayal. Most people stop at stage three. Transformation doesn't even happen until stage four and stage five, but they have no idea. So that's where they stop. That's where they live. And they realize, well, I'm not, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel right. And they have more bad experiences. That's where they start Mm -hmm. using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, anything to numb, avoid, distract. That's where nothing is really good. They're just in a holding pattern. And they do that for the rest of their lives, having no idea there's a stage four and stage five that is life-changing, life-changing. And if I were to go through the five stages, you would totally see it. No, I would love you to go to the five stages. But there's one more thing I want to ask you about that. Do you believe that people get stuck on the third stage because they feel also that why if somebody betrayed me, why do I have to do all the work and that person is not? You know, yeah. that, that's also something on that reflection of saying like, why I have to carry all this, feel like shit, sorry, you know, and, yep. and on top of that, have to do the work yep. when I wasn't the one, I was the one being betrayed. That's exactly right. And what happens is when you're betrayed, you have every right to, to rebuild. Rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild mm-hmm. yourself and move on. That's what I did with my family. Was it an option to rebuild with them? Or you rebuild if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely new with the person who hurt you. So as two totally different people, my husband and I married each other again. You know, it, it was now I never, ever would have considered that if I was the old me, if he was the old him, if we had the old marriage. But what happens is we're so afraid of the death and destruction of the old. We're so afraid. There's so much fear. Well, I don't know what it'll be. I don't know. You know, can I, can I do this? I don't know. The unknown is so risky. So we keep that old, the old stuff. And we're not happy. We don't feel good. We, it doesn't work. And this, and because we're so busy hanging on to the old, we never get to rebirth the new. And that's that place of post-betrayal transformation, whether you rebuild yourself or you rebuild with that person, you're rebuilding. Rebuilding is always a choice. You, you're actually creating a new identity because betrayal lends itself to you get rid of 
all of the old. You take the parts you like, but you have an opportunity to leave behind every single thing that didn't work for you. Because of that, you recreate this solid, strong, confident, healed whole version of you that never would have had an opportunity to show up had that not happened. Of course. Yes. Yeah. I'm a strong believer That's in the that. opportunity. I mean- It's a, it's a blessing in disguise. That's what I call it. It's those things yeah. that hurt the most, but it's just an opportunity for you to move on, to learn and grow and start, start being more you and start living, start feel, loving yourself more, I say. Yeah, well, you know, and I use this analogy all the time. Resilience is restoring, bringing back. You need that for your everyday. Transformation is a whole different thing. So, and that's what happens with betrayal. With resilience, like let's say there's a house and let's say the house needs a new boiler and you get a boiler, that would be resilience. You're restoring it or it needs a paint job and you paint, that would be resilience. You're restoring, you're bringing it back. Trauma and transformations like this. A tornado comes by and levels the house. There's no house. A boiler's not going to fix it. A paint job's not mm-hmm. going to fix it. And you have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I've ever seen. You'd be right. You can call over everybody you know and say, isn't this the most tragic, horrible thing you've ever seen? They'd all agree. And you can cry and mourn and grieve the loss of your house until your last breath. However, if you choose to rebuild the house, remember, you don't have to do anything, but if you choose to, why would you build the same house? There's nothing there. Of course. <laughs> right? What? Why not give it everything the old house didn't have? Make it bigger, better, more beautiful. Give it everything. That's the opportunity. Most people stand there, grieve, cry mm-hmm. at the loss of the house. Never rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally a choice. It's a great analogy, but it's true. You want to get something better. You already know the old. Why would we'll go back to the old if exactly. you weren't happy in that place? So, Debbie, let's go to the five steps because I'm dying to hear this. I asked you before it was that. It was like if somebody who's doing the work and you're doing, you're doing the inner work, you're healing. And for some reason, it's like those things keep coming back into your life. And it's like, and I asked you, it was like, is that the energy? Is something there that we're still subconsciously afraid of letting go What is it mm-hmm. exactly that we keep repeating the pattern, even though we're still doing the, the inner work? Yeah. So, and just so you know, uh, and, and whenever you see a repeat betrayal, that's an unhealed betrayal. It's repeating itself to give you an opportunity to, you know, here are these opportunities in the form of people to get you to some big lesson that you are lovable, worthy, and deserving, that you need better boundaries in place, whatever it is, until and unless you do, you will keep getting opportunity after opportunity to finally learn that lesson. When you do, it doesn't have to keep showing up again, right? So like in my example, it was my, it was my family and then it was my husband. And think about it. Look what I did. I was like, you know what? That's it. I was never, it was never about me. I never had boundaries in place. I never took my own needs seriously. Forget that. And, and I, I, it was for me, it was so bold, such a bold move to enroll in this PhD program. I had no idea how I was going to pay for it, how I was going to study, how I was going to do any of this. I hadn't been in school in 20 years, but in the, in the different way to think and the different way to act, I, you know, I changed, I broke that, I broke the, the pattern. pattern. 
you know. So anyway, so here you want the five stages? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> and and I have them. They're all spelled out in trust again, but just briefly, here's what they are. So the first stage is like a setup stage. And I saw this with every single study participant. So imagine four legs of a table. And if the four legs are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with everybody was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental, not really thinking about the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? looks like we're really good at thinking and doing, mm -hmm. not really spending much time in the feeling and being. That's yep. where intuition lies. But if you have a table with two legs, easier for that table to topple over. That's us. Stage two, by far the scariest stage. This is the shock, D-Day, Discovery Day. The breakdown, and it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, the worldview. So you've ignited the stress response right here. You're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind, you can't, you can't, this makes no sense. You can't wrap your mind around what you just learned. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. These are the rules. This is how life works. Trust this person. Don't go there. And in a moment, everything you've ever known to be real and true is no longer. The bottom has bottomed out on you. Mm -hmm. And a new bottom hasn't been formed. So it's terrifying. But if you were to walk down the street and the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything to stay yeah. alive and safe. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical of all of the stages. If you can't help me get out of my way, where do I go? How do I survive this experience? But here's the trap. And this is what we talked about. Once you've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of yeah. where you just came from, you think it's good. So we do a, a few things here. We're like, okay, all right, I, I got this. Okay, I can do this. And then you're not meant to stay here long, but you don't know that. So now you start receiving these small self benefits. You get to be right. You get your story. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get yep. sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Should I trust you? Do I trust you? Forget I won't trust anybody. And so you start planting some deep roots. And then because the roots are starting to get a little bit deeper, now your mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you're not all that. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not as good as you think you are. It starts playing all these games on you. Now, deeper roots. Because... Like energy, this is what we talked about, because like energy attracts like energy, and that's what you think. Now you have situations and circumstances and, and relationships coming to you to confirm this is where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of there. Because you. it feels so bad, but you have no idea there's a stage four and stage five, here's where you're like, this stinks, but I, I, I better just figure out a way to get used to it. So here's where you start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, whatever it is for you. So you do that for a day, a week, a month now to have it, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say, you know what, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing, do you think that has anything to do with that betrayal? And they'd say, oh my gosh, that happened 20 years ago. Doesn't matter. You see, they put themselves in that stage three and that's where they stayed. And most people do. Anyway, if you're willing to let go of your story and all that goes with it, a few things you need to do, you can move to stage four. Stage how, four. 
Debbie, yeah. before you go into stage four, how do yeah. you know you need to move to stage four? If a person feels like you said, it, it's like, it's that part of you that feels kind of comfortable. And then there's other part that's like, okay, I'm, I'm still, I believe that I'm not worth it, that I deserved it. So yeah. there's a, there's a very thin line there that your mind plays tricks on you and you don't know yes. which way to pull. Yeah. If you find your numbing, avoiding, distracting, that is a huge clue because you're doing that because something isn't right. Something yeah. doesn't feel good. Something's like tapping you on the shoulder, like, Hey, this isn't working, but we, it'll shake up what what's around us. So we try to numb, avoid, distract. We try not to listen, but the stakes get bigger and bigger as that voice gets louder and louder. But a really good indication, you know, if you're if you're not happy with your health, with your relationships, with your work, with your finances, with your life, there's a really good indication that something is keeping you there. It's probably your mindset. It's your belief system. It's whatever you've done has gotten you to that place. But if you're stuck and not happy and not feeling good and you feel the only way to deal with it is to numb somehow. Mm -hmm. Take a look. I did two TEDx talks. The first one is about just that. So that's really a big indication. But people don't know there's a stage four and stage five. That's why I want to get the word out. And I'm so grateful for people like you who can have me <laughs> on their podcast <laughs> and, I can, and I can share this because when you know there's a roadmap, you just have to follow it. That's the beauty, right? Yeah. So if you're willing to let go of those small self-benefits and do a few things, like I said, that's when you can move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. And it, this is where you realize, well, I can't, I can't undo the betrayal, but I can control what I do with it. That's a powerful switch yeah, right there. It is. And I always use the example, if you were to move to a new house, office, condo, apartment, we've talked about this, right? You don't, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the stuff that doesn't represent who you want to be when you're in that new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, right here is where you've outgrown them. You don't take them from stage three to stage four. You've outgrown them right here. And people say to me all the time, I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. I was going to say that, Debbie. <laughs> yeah. Because it's also, it's, they, apart from having friends from 10, 20 years, there's also that part of us as human that we're taught to try as much as we can to savage mm -hmm. something. To, you know, yeah. if something is broken, try to fix it. If somebody got angry at you, try to make good, you know, because we don't want to be seen as the bad person or right. the person who has the boundaries or the guts enough to be like, okay, this is not serving me anymore. I'm going to move on. You know? Right. Th that, I think that's a huge burden for a lot of people saying like, okay, this is it. This is how far we got. And I don't wish yeah. you any harm, but this is where the relationship stops because I can't take you any further. You've just outgrown them. You know, think about it. Like a little kid, they have their favorite white shirt and they grow. The shirt didn't become bad. They outgrew yeah. it. And, and it's like that when you're undergoing a transformation and when you're coming out of trauma and your, your eyes are so open to a whole different way to think, feel, act, live everything. When the other people in your life are still where they were, it's not them. They haven't changed. You have, you know, that's why transformation is such a personal process. But you think about it, you know, that caterpillar cannot turn into the butterfly if it's not willing to get a little sticky, messy, and uncomfortable. That's what happens. Transformation is a messy, uncomfortable process. So we don't like being uncomfortable. And that's why mm -hmm. we try to numb 
through those things. But it's when we face it, feel it, heal it, when we dive right in, do the work, that's when we emerge as that butterfly. Can I ask you, Debbie? Okay, so in that moment that you're, okay, this is no longer serving me, I'm going to leave these people behind. There's also that thin line there of being like, okay, these, I felt betrayed by these people, so I'm going to leave them behind. And then you end up yeah. spending a lot of time on your own. Yeah. But I think yeah. transformation needs a little, a lot of a long time to try to figure out who you are, who you are, what yeah. you want. You know, there's, it's not like and, such an easy step that you're like, okay, this is it. I'm going to jump there and I'm going to make uh -oh. new friends so easily. <laughs> no. And, and it's not easy at all. And that's why I talk about it and trust again, because if you don't know it, you, you don't, uh, know that it's a normal part of the transformation process. You think, what the heck is happening to me? Mm -hmm. Why? I had these friends. I, I, I just don't feel right around them anymore. Or, or why is it that I just don't feel like I'm on the same page as these people? And it, 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 it's something it, that is so common. It doesn't mean that, like, let's say you have a group of friends. It doesn't mean that you can't be with them anymore, but it, it means you love them for who they are, but you're just on a different path. Yeah. Your and, conversations and are going to be different. Definitely. The conversations yeah. are going to be different. But what happens is because you're on that different journey now, you need to find those friends who are on that same journey too. Can you see my hands right here? I'm going to show you something. You're never going to yeah. forget it. Okay. So when you're before your transformation, you're here. And let's say you have a partner. They're here too. Then there's your trauma, right? Now, here's what happens. Then you'd make that decision. You know what? I'm going to heal. I am working on me. And you do this. But you know what happens? They're right here. So because you don't want to outgrow them, you do this. You go back. But you back. like it here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you do this. You yeah. like it here, but you do this. And then you're like, I like it here. And you're like, why can't they do this? Well, they're not ready. So what you need to do is get so, you know, you do your thing, you get so solid right here. But that's why people go out of a relationship and they want another one. And then, and they say, oh, but I'm going to do the work. You do not go right into another relationship because if you do and you do this, you know, what's going to happen? This. I'm going to go. Yeah. And they're looking at you like, what, what happened to you? And you're like, Ooh, um, you know, what happened to you? So, so you get here so you can love and appreciate your friends, whoever that are here, yeah. right. Or you just go your own way. But when you're committed to being here, this can't help but show up. Yep. See? Yeah, that's true. Cause if not, otherwise it's like, it, it, there's a resentment relationship yes. there that it doesn't work it doesn't and you you do exactly. you feel like okay should i go back down and you don't because you feel so good when you're up there and you're like i've done yeah. all work already i don't want to go back down there that's it that's it you, <laughs> you're just you just can't go back yeah well like it, it's 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 i can understand like it has happened with me some of my friends that they're like okay you, you sound a little bit cocky now i'm just like this is not cockiness you know it's just like i don't feel like that is part of my life anymore i mean i've been there yeah. if that person can't see it and they can't i'm i'm willing to show them but they don't have their eyes open yet for that change yeah. that transformation so there's exactly. not fair to me of going back on that on that level again right yeah just how before you were ready before i was ready i, I would have thought those people are crazy yeah you know yeah. Now that's who I want to spend my time with. So, <laughs> right? I want to be with the crazy one. So it's just a different, it's just growth. We grow. And, yeah. and that's what happens. And that's what happens in that stage four. You're, you know, you're different. You're changing. And you're setting up, like, let's say, if you were to move, you're setting up your new space. And in, in stage four, we're setting up a new mental and emotional space. 
our, we're forming new boundaries. We're making changes. Mm-hmm. And then when we're in that space and we feel good about it, we move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body uh-huh. starts to heal. You didn't have the bandwidth for self-love, self-care, eating well, exercising. Like that was the last thing on your mind. You were surviving. Now you do. Your mind, you're making new rules, new boundaries, and you have a new worldview based on everything you've been through. And the four legs of the table, remember in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional. And those are the the five stages. I love it. And when you get to the fifth stage, do you you believe that once you get to the fifth stage, things that would have happened on the first one, now they're just like, they're irrelevant? They just don't bother you as much as they used to? You, you know, you, you the way it works with the stages, you don't skip the order. You can't skip a stage. The, you know, the order doesn't change. What happens is you outgrow one mm-hmm. as you move one into the next. The outgrow one as you move into the next. So you've been through so much. So what used to bother you, just it just doesn't have the same weight. The same anymore. weight, yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's almost like, Really? You're going to let that bother you? Look what you've been through. You know, betrayal is one, <laughs> yeah. of, the most, right? betrayal is yeah. one, of, the, one of the most painful of any of the human experiences, because think about it. This was the person or these were the people that you that gave you a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person or these are the people to shatter that sense of safety and security, it's terrifying. So if you've rebuilt yourself after something like that, you are, a, you are a version of you that would mm-hmm. blow your mind. Yeah. No, I love it. I love the stages. I love how you go from like, okay, there's two more after the third one. Because I have, I have friends that stayed on the third one. I think I stayed in there for a while because I thought Most I was like, oh, okay, well, I've done so much so far. You know, I'm like, okay, this is as far as I can get. And I thought I was okay. And I think I did that. I did, uh, yeah, I did, as you said, it was, it was in... I wouldn't say alcoholic because I don't want to like, call it like that. But, you know, I used to drink. I used to drink every night in mm-hmm. what I call moderation that now I see myself on another stage. And I'm like, that wasn't moderation yeah. at all. But <laughs> that moment that right. my life, it felt right. like because before that I was yeah. like crazy drinker. So when I got to that, I was like, OK, this is OK. But now yeah. I see, I'm like, OK, once I got out of that and this was like I say in the last year, I think between last mm-hmm. year lockdown and everything was just like this big shift in. And it's like, okay, now I don't need that anymore. We can move to the next stage. Mm. And you know what? You can even see the stages applying based on what we've been through over the last year or so. There are some people hanging on to their story. COVID's been the worst thing ever. And and I get it. Listen, I I, I had it myself. I've lost loved ones. So I, I, I'm not minimizing it at all. But mm-hmm. there are people who, oh, it's the worst thing ever and the COVID-15 and I gained weight and I wasn't social and this and the, all the things. And then, and then there are people you can you can see how they've moved to that stage four. Okay, I'm going to make the best of it. Now I'm going to have a home-based business. I'll do this and that. It's a great time to clean out my house. I only have to steam the front of my shirts, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> so, you know, so it's, it's the difference. Who are those people yeah. who are stuck in that stage three? And you see the other people who were, who moved on to that stage four and that stage five, like, okay, this is the way the, you know, this is the new world we're living in now. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to adapt. So um, you see it play out the same stages in how we feel betrayed by COVID. 
Well, we did. Yeah. Well, I know there was a lot of conspiracy. There still is. So there's a lot of mixed emotions about everything. But this is yeah. a different podcast. We're going to get political. So we're gonna, no, we're, but then we're somebody not. else. Yeah. <laughs> and Debbie, I'm I'm interested to know. So you got remarried with your husband after betrayal. Yeah. How yeah. did uh, how did that feel? How how was it? Because you said he moved out. There was a separation there. and Yeah, I can tell you, uh, I've been through, I lost my mom. Uh, I was in the ICU for 11 days. I mean, it's a miracle I'm alive. That's a story for another day. And um, by far, hands down, going through that healing process with my husband, the hardest thing I have ever done. Because morality and ethics. That's, I, I hold such a high standard. I live so simply. If it's going to hurt someone, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. Yeah. And I think that's how everybody else lives. And it's such a shock to me to find that that's not the case. So there wasn't a cell of me that was okay with this. I mean, that was the deal breaker. And it was, I was like, no, okay, I guess we're done. That was the deal breaker. And, um, and it's interesting because this also, the study proved this too there was such a move to spirituality and whether people left their religion, moved towards spirituality, went to the spiritual side of their religion, whatever it was. And the same with me. And the reason is you lose trust in everything. You don't trust your betrayer. You don't trust yourself. So you reason, okay, let me trust in something other than me. And I was no different. So um, I met, I remember meeting with a spiritual counselor counselor because I, I was so lost. I just wanted some sort of understanding of anything and I'll never forget, and some people that, that are watching, listening, are just going to think this is crazy, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I walked into the appointment. I didn't even sit down. And she starts laughing. She said, oh, how you two plan this. And I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is called a soul contract. And I was like, what? She said, yeah, yeah. He needed something so catastrophic to crash and burn so he can wake up and become the husband, father, friend he's supposed to be you. You needed something so deeply painful so you can heal and then teach from this deep place of knowing. You're going to have an institute. You're going to write books and you're going to have this huge following around betrayal and you're going to be teaching this stuff. And I'm like, you are crazy. (laughs) But there was something about it that I remember thinking to myself, what if that's true? I'm, I'm just going to, it is all about my healing. I was only interested in the kids and my healing and my clients. And I was like, but in the back of my mind, I was like, what if that's true? What if, what if this could serve a bigger purpose? And I remember going through my own healing in the program. And I remember saying to myself, if I heal from this, because this was the hardest thing I've ever done. If I can heal from this, I'm taking everybody with me. Mm -hmm. And I remember exactly where I was when that came through, you know, that, that thought crossed my mind and who knows, who knows, but I know for sure. Um, you know, I, all I'm doing is doing something really good with something really bad. And I feel yeah. like anybody who's been through something and who's learned something owes it to the world to share that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. Debbie. Yeah. It's looking at the things in the different perspective. And that's a way, great way she put it. This is a soul contract. I can't believe she said that. <laughs> this is Holy your part. This I, is your part. <laughs> yeah. 
And it was the craziest thing I had ever heard. And at the time, um, I didn't understand any of that stuff, but I, I dove in way more after hearing something like that. And I just remember leaving that thinking like, oh, she's crazy. Number one, she's crazy. Yeah. And what if? And that that's all I had. And then as these things just kept happening, I was like, wow, what if, what mm -hmm. if, what if? And, and, and I crazy and, people in your life. <laughs> you yeah, <laughs> it's true. And, and you know what, it, it, the, the gift of it was, I said, you know what, uh, it is totally up to me what I decide to do with this. Now, the kids were behind me, no matter what I decided to do, which was great. And then from there, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to heal. And I'm just going to see what shows up. That was it. That was the only plan. Yeah, here you are oh, no. today. Look, what a book on you, what a what academy, what teaching and helping people how to transform their their uh, betrayal. It's amazing. I love it. I love it how it's, it fitted so well. And it's, as I said to you, it's like, I think it's something that we all go through. As you were saying these things, I'm like, oh, I remember when I went through my relationship and same as you, I live with that, with that, you know, that code that I wouldn't do something to someone if yeah. it hurts them because I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to be done to me. And I remember yeah. saying it to my ex all the time. That was exact, my exact words. And he was mm. like, he just couldn't get it. Like into his head, it was like, yeah, was fine. Whatever and he was doing, it was fine. <laughs> right. And, and it's where people are in their lives at the time. You know, betrayal will, will show you two things. It'll show you uh, who someone really is, mm -hmm. or it'll show you who they've temporarily become. And it, and then from there, they wake up and they're like, what the heck did I do? Who, what, what did I create? What did I cause? And then that's their wake up call. The yeah. person who's been betrayed has their own wake up call and the betrayer has their own as well. Mm -hmm. Some don't at all. And that's just yeah. who they are and run for the hills because they're, you're not working with anything right yeah. there. Yeah. The only thing you do is heal and move on. But yeah. with something like that, you may still not want to, but at least there's potential if you ever decide to. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I meant when I asked you. It was like, to what point do you keep trying as well? Because that's it. As I said before, it was like it's one of those things they teach us as kids, you know, or even when you go to school and you fail and you keep trying, keep trying. And maybe it's not for yeah. you, but you have to keep trying. And then we translated that into relationships, into our partners, into a re into a boss that treat us bad, yeah. into everything. And it's to a point that you're, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, you just can't yeah. anymore because you're giving it your all. Yeah. We, we teach within the Institute, we teach how to know if it's safe and in your best, in your best interest to mm -hmm. heal and rebuild, or if it's safe and in your best interest to just heal and move on. And there are certain, uh, when it comes to forgiveness, that's really all about us. When you're even considering reconciliation, that has so much to do with the other person. So we, we teach. How did, you know, how they're showing up? So, you know, is that something to work with or no? That's interesting. Yeah. Because I think it's a lot of things we get confused on that. You know, when is it till the yeah. moment that we don't want to be too rude or we don't want to give up on something? Because as you said before yeah. as well, we keep holding on to that past. And it's yeah. like we're trying to rebuild into something that it might have been that, especially with a partner, that moment of, um, what do you call it? Honeymoon stage and we try to go back there even it has passed like three four years and everything has gone yeah. rotten and badly but we're still trying yeah. to relive that moment that it was very yeah you know very short very briefly right right but that's where the <laughs> the entire relationship can crash and burn and mm -hmm. and from there that's only when 
the opportunity for something totally different can show up. My relationship now is completely different than it was, or I never, ever, ever, ever would have done this. Of course. Oh my God, yeah. Debbie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm, I said it to you thank when we started, I was like, this is going to go to so many different conversations. Yeah. I could be talking to you all day about this. <laughs> thank you tons so of question. But thank you. And let me, if anybody wants to reach out, uh, work with you, get to know you more, where they can find you? The best thing they can do is take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. That was another the third study. There's a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. We've had over 19,000 people take the quiz. They could find that at the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, mm-hmm. the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Okay, perfect. That sounds really interesting. I'm actually going to check it. And uh, Debbie, before we wrap up as well, I'd like to, what would you like to share with somebody who's starting on their journey? You said you've been an entrepreneur for 30 years. You have changed Mm -hmm. niches. You have changes. You have transformed and you keep transforming. What would you like to tell them? Yeah, if someone is an entrepreneur, if you get an idea, it's yours to do. And you will meet up with obstacles and resistance and look at them as little tests to show you how committed you are. Don't stop. Just don't. Most people stop when it gets hard. It's the ones who succeed or the ones who find a way around it, over it, through it, to it. Don't (laughs) stop. I love that. Thank you so much, Debbie. Thank Thank you, thank you, you, thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, lovies. I love to hear your thoughts and opinions. So drop your comments or give us a shout. I'd like to get to know you more and what help and support do you need most to help you grow your business. I am Maria C. Krause and I help entrepreneurs become more visible by sharing their unique story, inspire, heal, and make a bigger impact. If you'd like to become a guest or a collaborator in any of our platforms or simply want to know about how I can help you take your business to the next level, you can find me on all social media platforms under Maria C. Krause or check out my website for freebies and updates at www.mariacrause.com. Make sure to follow us and share with your best besties to get your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to kick ass in life and in business. Love, life, be. Have a wonderful day, whatever in the world you are. Bye.